Good evening, I'm Jackson Pride, and all of these folks here are Watson, the stars of American Pro Wrestling in Boiling Springs, South Carolina, and you are watching That Way Cool Wrestling Show! Hey, welcome to That Way Cool Wrestling Show. My name is Danny J, along with Charles Gemini Gregory, the Grand Onslaught Jackson, mm -hmm. and Mad Mark Lindsay. we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about managers. That's right. It's that guy that led everybody out there. It was the one that had their groups. It was the guy that you really wanted to see get pummeled and generally never did. Uh, there were so many different managers that were out there in, in back in the day. It's something that's actually going away somewhat uh, nowadays, and I personally wish it would come back. Uh, Mark, you know, if you could... What were some of the managers that you grew up watching? And, oh, and really, <laughs> I mean, you had to start and almost end with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yes. Uh, talking about the perfect mouthpiece for a bunch of guys who, I mean, Rick Rude, uh, Haku, Andre the Giant. Now, okay, Rick Rude could talk, but, you know, Haku and, and Andre, you know, those guys weren't really known for their promo or their mic skills. Right. You had this mouthpiece, and Andre was almost eight feet tall anyway. Yeah. But you you had this guy that could really communicate to, to the audience what we're gonna do to you. We're gonna take that title, we're gonna do this, we're gonna we're gonna hurt you. And it wasn't coming from the guy being quiet, it was coming from this little guy who's probably no taller than you, Dan, saying, this, my guy's gonna hurt you. And and, and and look out. And that was that was just great. And I'll take another step. One of my favorites, of course, my favorite tag team, the Midnight Express, was Jim Cornette. Um, you know, here's a guy that fantastic on the right, mic. Right, great on the mic. And, and, Mark, and Mark, yes. Let's not talk about height then, because you know he's sitting, he's sitting on a phone book right now, right? <laughs> I'm just throwing the. I'm pulling a Tony Shavani, everybody. See, he's my height. Look at the previous. <laughs> no, show. no, 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 no. He's let's, on the phone. Let's get this real. Let's right? get this real for one second. <laughs> oh, no, no, screw this. Hold up. Let me go. Don't no, start it. No, no shut up. Because here's what's happening. We are on this set, right? There were two good chairs. These two asses are in booster seats. All right, you got. They're both like six two, six three. So they get the high chairs because now they want to be the skyscrapers. Oh, we're the tallest men alive. You got us sitting in a damn ditch so you can look like you're eight feet tall. Nah, nah, not gonna happen. You know what? You want to bring that up? I we can go all day. And back to the show since he's mad. Up here now. See, now you got LeGrand upset. <laughs> Jim Cornette was a great manager. Yes, he, he was. He, he, uh, <laughs> I gotta get my composure. He actually was one of the best in the NWA. He definitely was. Um, the thing about the managers were that, once again, you had guys. Uh, I'm going to go back even further. You got guys like the Missing Link who, we're going to talk about him in another show, mm -hmm. uh, one of the, I think, ahead of his time, but his gimmick was he couldn't talk, you know? So you needed somebody to own or manage or run this persona. You know, I'm using this guy as a tool to gain what I want, you know? And you really, you, you hated the wrestler, the heel wrestler, but you hated the manager more, and that's what really made that work and gel when you had somebody that can do that to say, well, yeah, I really love watching Rick Rude, but I really want to see Bobby Heenan get it. 
you know, or... And he got it. He would get his neck... Or how about Jim Cornette? Cornette? Falling up the scaffold? Jim Cornette falling off the scaffold? <laughs> Uh, or getting beat up by baby doll. Wait a minute, Jim Cornette falling off the scaffold. I give him a lot of credit for that because he destroyed his knees yep. doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Eighty-five I, I miles know, an hour. I don't know too many guys that would have went that far. Yeah. And he he wasn't in ring. He wasn't that guy. But he had a dedication to what he did. You know the difference was too. Cornette was a manager, whereas Bobby Heenan, if you really go back, Bobby Heenan was a wrestler. Mm -hmm. You know. So was Paul Elbridge. Paul, yeah. Paul, and Paul Ellering, Paul Paul here's the thing about Paul Ellering, because he was really great with the Road Warriors, but Paul could fall in and out of that role of that role anytime he wanted to, because they really did not need, I think in the beginning they did, you know, going no, into I, AWA, see, I think to be I, I, introduced I'm, I'm, I'm not going to agree with that, because Hawk and Animal talking, Animal was never a talker. Hawk could talk a little bit, then it kind of sounded stupid to me. I'm just, I love, I love the Road Warriors. Right. Remember, I was a tag team man. Everybody wanted to be the Road Warriors. Paul Elliott added that thing for them. Yeah. They might say one or two words, but he did the build up. I mean, look at Brock Lesnar right now. We know Brock can't talk. No. Listen, Paul Heyman is making him a, just the, the guy. Heyman's that throwback. Right now, yeah, to that that era that we're talking about, which and, and Heyman himself was good as Paulie Danger said, but that right now he he is that throwback to what we're talking about. You know that old manager. There's a lot of guys like I was like a previous shows, Buster Ryback's boss. If he had a good manager, mm -hmm. you might be able to do something with him. You really might. Well, be able he to had something. he had Paul at one point, did he not? Yeah, or like it, a hot minute. Yeah, it really didn't take off the way it should have. I think. Yeah, would, you want, would yeah. you want Rod back or would you want Brock Lesnar? It's Paul Newer. Uh, but you also had Curtis Axel. Mm -hmm. you know? and, he, and, and he couldn't put Curtis Axel over. Yeah. Well, and, and once again, it's for another show, but I think that has to do with the. I mean, we go back to gimmicks a yeah. few episodes ago. What you're trying to put over on that guy. Curtis Axel's problem is that he's. Reality, he's not his father, in yeah. a sense. So you know, to yeah, have a legacy like to have Mr. Perfect as your father, yeah, that's a lot of shoes that you can do. But you, but for me, I would say you need to be you, because you're not going to be Mr. Perfect, okay? And maybe if technically you move like him, you could potentially go that route. But if you don't, and I think. A lot of people agree that he's not the same technical aspect of, of Kurt Henning. That, you know, do some, make yourself your own, you know, and, and, and it goes back to what we said before. Make yourself believable. Don't be something that you're not, okay? And that's what happens with him. And that's why a manager, more necessary, well, maybe not necessarily a manager wouldn't work for him, but maybe put him in something with somebody else. Maybe put him in a tag team or maybe something like that. And then really heavily... Make the manager work. Because if you think about this, Kurt Henning, when he first came to WWF at the time, he had one of the greatest mouthpieces in his corner, Bobby the Brain Heenan, mm -hmm. building him to God level on his perfection, yes. right? And Bobby's done that with guys who are way more, they've already been established, they've been champions all over the world. Yes. When he came out with the fair to flare thing, when Flair yeah. migrated over and he so long WCW, hello Vince and all this, and he came in and he had the new haircut and he had 
and Bobby put it out there like, look, you are going to follow Ric Flair once again. Why? Because he is that guy. You know, Bobby the Brain Heenan was one of the greatest minds as it pertained, well, the brain, <laughs> as it yeah. pertained to how to put somebody out there, how to build them up without taking, not diminishing right. what everything else was going on, but he would bring a Ric Flair in. You already know Ric Flair. You already know his accomplishments. He's done this, that, and the other all over the world. But right now, you're going to concentrate on what I'm saying about what he's going to do here. Captain Lou Albano. Yes. Captain Lou, who was a great wrestler back in the day, smash mouth, get in there, beat the hell out of you. When he was wrestling, then he come up as a manager. He had the same style. What do you think? What do you think? Sometimes it's better to take that old-time wrestler and turn him into a manager. I mean, if you think about it right now, we're talking about it. I don't think we're not hitting on it. They're doing that right now with Charlotte. They yeah, got Ruth right. yeah. yeah, she got a million-dollar body, but she does look like her dad. Yo. I know <laughs> that, right? But he's out there giving her that little, I guess, oomph, you want to call it? See, I've always agreed like, with that. Okay. Because you got guys who... Like though. I'm just saying, Umaga, you got yeah, guys who've been in the business 30, 40 years... years Maybe they can't go the same way they could back in the day, right? But they can help these younger the guys yes. learn how to be yes. what they were. The crowd. You know, in my in my mind, the greatest transformation of that, going from performer to to manager, in my eyes was an impressive was Harley Race. Mm -hmm. When Harley Race stepped up, <coughs> took on Vader. Mm -hmm. Took on Lex Luger. I mean, that was a small stable, but he made Luger look, not that Luger wasn't impressive, but he made Luger like, wow. And, and, and it was like Harley Race's stable, you know, and to have Luger and Vader. Uh, and the big cat, uh, had the big cat Curtis Hughes. Yes. Was there for a while. Yeah, Curtis Hughes was in there, right. And, and was he as, as Mr. Hughes? Well, Mr. Hughes and Vader right. were a tag team in early 92. Right. Yeah. And, but to have him step up in there, you're like, wow, like here's someone who, if you were young enough, you're like, oh, well, that's uh, King Harley Race, you know? And you think of that ladder stuff that happened in World Wrestling Federation. But, I mean, Harley Race was a hell of a competitor. And brought something to the game, you know. Harley Race is one of the toughest yeah. guys ever stepped through the ropes. Right. If I was going to have somebody manage me, I wouldn't mind having Harley Race behind me. You know what I mean? But then you had other guys that had that natural uh, mouthpiece. You're seeing on. See, one of my favorite guys was Slick. Slick can get over there. Got bro. He could put him over. I mean. <laughs> As a mouth. I'm sorry. He just. You're out there, my contact information. <laughs> he just, no, but he, he would get on the mic and just just go. Yeah. Some yeah. guys, there's a lot of guys like, to get this dude out. Teddy Long. Teddy Long. Uh, Teddy Long made a great transition from a referee <laughs> to a manager, and everybody's like, oh, what's going to go with this? this Theodore R. Long. The oh, peanut head. Like, but it was, mm -hmm. it was really great. Was I mean, it was. It wasn't, I mean, he wasn't long-lasting no. in that sense. I mean, because when they, when they brought him in, they brought him in with Doom, and then they did the skyscrapers. No, the skyscrapers were first, then Doom, yeah, Doom. in 90. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he, um, I mean, but he really was a very good transition. But then you have guys out there 
who are well-known managers, and once again, it may or may not be something that's disruptive to somebody else, but I personally was not a fan of Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart, to me, almost came off as a valet more than anything else because he was less auditable than the people he was representing. I see what you're saying, and I agree. Yeah, I mean, like, in a sense, like, where Heenan talked for Andre, talked for Haku, you know, didn't have to, but talked for Rude. Hart was more like a cheerleader. Represented Flair, much like Paul Heyman represents Brock Lesnar. But, I mean, you know what I mean? But, like, Jimmy Hart was like, <laughs> like, he was, like, running around the screen, and all of a sudden, the guy steps up that he's representing, and he actually can talk. You know, you got Bret Hart was able to speak on him. I guess speak on him. You know what I mean? Jimmy yeah. Hart was kind of like that. Uh, I guess you want to say baby doll. Might say a couple of words. Yeah. But, but still, he was great. I'm, I'm not being a you know prick about it. But yeah, but then we had people that crossed over later that was doing a little both when they gave him a chance. I remember doing shows and watching on TV. It was Luna and Sean. Yes. If you gave her a mic, dude, she oh my God, she just go, and it was like it just flowed. And I, I had opportunities to meet her in person. Most knowledgeable, very knowledgeable individual. Very nice. Even though at that show she's ready to I think. All right, let's not. We were going to talk about that when she put Peter in the ass in the back for not listening. It was you the greatest what? thing I've ever seen. And I love her. I love, I love her for that. Death. She straightened that locker room out in all of five minutes. Wasn't even. Wasn't even five minutes. Tell them, you know, you got the guys walking around and think they don't stink. She made them stink. Let's put it that way. But we'll, that's another story. But. <laughs> I mean, we say it all started, you have to admit, with the women as the valets. Yes. The women came see, out. You guys now, Miss Elizabeth, did she ever talk? No. All well, she did was, she may have talked. She had a few moments, but. Yeah, but she was there. Um, you don't want to use it, and she's dead and gone, you know, whatever. But she was a piece of ass. Her character, her, her character, though, was more so like. You felt bad for her. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, you felt bad for her in the early part of it, and then when you go to NWO Liz, was, she was the opposite. Was, yeah, you wanted her to get her ass kicked. Man, was that woman attractive? <laughs> you know, but but you know, but she still didn't do really much in that sense. Woman, Nancy Benoit, woman who wasn't terribly great on the mic, no. uh, but did most of her her career managing starting with Kevin Sullivan and stuff like that. You know, she actually didn't do too bad. But if you're going to go to women root, and I know we're all going to say this. Oh, don't say it. I'm telling you Sherry Martel. I was just about to All say right, that's all I'm saying. Sensational Sherry, boy. Well, get on the mic, tell you about yourself, and then smack in your mouth if she could. Great women's wrestler. Because let's face it, when was she was in the ring, she was brutal. Well, she and was I yes. loved it. And I loved every moment of it. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. You know, back she wasn't a looker. But man, she would dress up sometime like, damn, I'm sure. Hey. Yeah. But she could smash you in the mouth. She was their best with Harlem Heat. She could smash you dead in the mouth. Yes. And when she was talking, it was knowledgeable because she'd been there. Exactly. She was there. But look how she evolved, too. And this is what's great about Sherry, is that when she was with Shawn Michaels, mm -hmm. all right, he was the boy toy. About that. So now you're looking at, like, this, like, milfish, I got my boy toy with me. That was kind of a cool concept, you know, which she was obviously older than him and stuff like that. And then... You know how hard that is, though? What? To the boy toy? I, I struggle with this all the time. <laughs> Another shot. Yeah. <laughs>
But then she moves on to Randy Savage and steps into that role where they took Liz out, freed Liz, and she took over. And madness took over. If you want to talk about Poncho <coughs> Madness. This was crazy. Between him and, and they had the same voice. It was weird. It was almost like they were he was a ventriloquist. Because she sometimes sounded like him and he sometimes sounded like her. But she was crazy. You know, she started painting her face and she became oh, scary Sherry. You know, and, and you know, my wife to this day is like scary Sherry was the best thing to ever happen in wrestling. And it is one of the true aspects. That's the best thing that ever happened to you too. Yeah. Sherry Sherry. Yeah, my wife. Yeah. Then, on top of that, now she's going to watch that now. She's going to look at this guy. Hey, yeah, he I wants to. I got you. Go ahead. He wants dinner. <laughs> so, but then you move her, you know, move her over, and then she does um, Harlem Heat. And man, did she gel with Harlem Heat. And, and. Well, she had Flair too. Before Harlem Heat, she was with Flair. And I didn't her, like her, that. Her team going back and forth with some of yes. the classic things. Because if you watch it, sometimes they're trying not to laugh. Well, we all know the, the Booker T promo on Hogan. Then we don't want to talk about Right, that. which we won't talk we, about. We talk but about Sherry that. is cracking she up is, in the background. She does her whole face, and <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And had to turn her head. But, like I said, it's a lot of managers that, that like, now you want to call them managers. They're just trying to find something. Who? There's no managers now. I mean, last name, one. name two. Yeah, you're right. All we got now is Paul Heyman. Yeah, Paul, Paul Heyman, who's the advocate. Yeah. They're not even labeling him as the manager. Because what you get now, what you get now, you get a. Because now what they try and do is they'll take a more prominent wrestler, give him a faction, and then make him the manager. Right, and the mouthpiece. Yeah, you know they did it with James Storm, with that failed gimmick of. Uh, uh, what, what was it? I forget what it was. Because yeah, if you think about it, or whatever they, they if you think about yeah. it, and I know the grand knows where I'm gonna go with this, Ron Simmons was supposed to be the leader of that, but The Rock took over because he was the mouthpiece. Remember? Yes. He was supposed to be the leader of the nation of domination until The Rock started talking. And it kind of made sense because we're going by like you're a ring general. Yeah, and, but yeah, exactly. I mean, who is one of the greatest wrestlers to me ever? But The Rock just had that. Sass about it. And you had the love. How could, yeah, I mean, not you, you couldn't. Just, but see, you guys are forgetting that <laughs> we've got more than just the big companies to look at. Because we got a lot of guys on the indies who've been there, done that, and they have stepped in as manager roles and helped people along. For instance, like them, hate them, whatever you do, Cubal Carmichael. Yeah, Cubal Carmichael Q-ball. has Q-ball. done it, he's been yeah. there. He's yes. tore ass all over the place, yeah, right. and he came back, and he's mentoring the young guys coming up. Yes. And that's what you need. And he is doing exactly what we're saying that the business needs. He came in, look, this is what I've done. My resume is out there. Let me help you. And you know, other guys, and I don't care, you know, say whatever you want to say about him. Not because he's my friend, but he actually managed us for a while. Was uh, Teron Hicks, Simply Bad. Yeah. You give Bad the mic. There was plenty of time. I had to turn my back. He would just start going off and then talk about what we did the night before. You don't know, but we don't like, wait, you shut up. My wife might be watching. No, I'm joking. You know, he'd be like, just going nuts. Man would get on the mic, blah, 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 blah. He'd just like, man, shut up. Man, shut up. Much, my partner, Wrecker, get the mic from him right now if I kick his ass. <laughs> he, just, he would go on, had the crowd screaming, 
we were in the wrong spot at the wrong time one day. He's got the crowd going. I'm like, we're about to get lynched. Bear shut up. <laughs> you know, but that's what he did. He's been in the ring. Yeah. But you're right. Like, we had, on our day, we had Lucky Larry. Oh, Larry. Lucky Larry was, you didn't have to do nothing when Larry was with you. And I, I never wanted a minute. Lucky Larry could put over a broken brick. Yes. And, I, and you Legit. know what? This is something that's going to hurt my heart. One of the greatest. To say it. But we had uh, Avilas. Remember he was managing mm -hmm. for a while? He was playing yeah. GWA. He was a hell of a manager. He knew what to say. You know, got to be nervous telling you how to wrestle sometimes. But just so if you're watching Avilas. But he was excellent. He knew. He knew. He knew how to draw it out of a crowd. Yes. He knew how he to knew. reach out and touch that one individual that was going to get the domino effect going to make it all gel. And that's that's what you need. And well, you want to go be able to read a crowd. And he might not like this when he watches the show, but back when we were the CMB. So <laughs> good. Reverend Ron Starr, who's Ron Starr now, we all know. You know, we talk about him here and there. Yes. He was the mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. He was more of a manager. He was doing both, but he was doing more, I would say, managing at the time. Mm -hmm. Ron made a preacher curse, you know? <laughs> 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 you be in the ring, and he's another one started talking about stuff, you'd be like, no, he didn't say that, you know? But he was very good at it, you know? He's getting older now, maybe yeah. he will become a manager one day, hit, hit. But Heavy hit. Heavy hit. No, I'm, 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 you do what you do, baby. Please <laughs> direct all comments <laughs> to them. I have nothing no, to do with that. No, when we were doing that, he was in his prime, though. But he took over that role. As that, you know, he stepped back a little bit for a while and took that over. One thing, and he was really good at it. One thing you guys say, though, especially in the indies, especially when you have managers, because you got to understand in the indies, too, everybody's developing. Yes. Managers, the wrestlers, etc. What I noticed in, you know, I started off managing, I wrestled for a little bit, and then towards the latter end, you know, before medical conditions, I started managing again. And the one thing that I noticed, though, that was a make or break is it is no. a two-way street. Yes. I mean, it's a two-way street. Right? <laughs> oh, sorry. They, oh. They, they, it's a two-way street. Not only, because a lot of times, if you notice on the indie shows and stuff like that, you may or may not get paired with somebody, you know. I might have to manage this guy one day. You know, whatever the case is. Oh. But, um, but the scenario is that Matt, there is a, there's a give and take between the performer and the manager to make that gel. Yes. You know, you can have a great manager, but if that performer refuses to give up some of the spotlight, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And if that manager refuses to give up some of that spotlight, it's not going to work. I, I manage somebody, and I'm not going to say names. And, and personally, I don't like the guy myself. I will if you tell me. I'll tell you later. Because <laughs> I'm not trying to get on the show. Oh, but no. I had to manage the guy, and to me, I felt, and I went to the promoter after, I said, listen, I felt like a valet more than a manager. And meanwhile, I was managing other people throughout the show. I said, so if I'm going to do this again, I'm not going to work with that guy again. And that wasn't me superstar, and that wasn't me. That was me saying, this product is not going to look right because now I'm out there yeah. not doing my job. I'm trying to instruct. As a, manager, story. as a manager, I'm supposed to be leading that performer. I'm supposed to be looking out for his best interests 
And if I'm constantly shouting something to him and nothing's being heard, and he's giving me orders the whole time, I'm no different than any other girl in a bikini coming out with him or anything like that. And it takes away from that. Well, you're saying as, as, as stepping back, and right now I'm drawing a blank and you guys are going to laugh, because you know I do this all the time because I start thinking ahead. The Four Horsemen. Yes. J.J. Dillon? J.J. Dillon. Yes. You had <clears throat> nothing but stars. Okay? They knew when to step back and let J.J. do his thing. You know, exactly. individually, every single <clears throat> one of them, well, the original four, Oli wasn't a talker. But you understand, they could work and let him step in, do what he had to do, Rick Flair and Tony Blanchard, but they did when they come in. But they always, if you ever thought about it, if you think back to it, They'd be like, yeah, J.J., what do you think? And that's how it was. Nowadays, you know, the manager role is just, it's just not there. You're more of, you're just a hype man now. You know, before you kind of looked like the manager, shoot the bull, you know, instruction, like you're saying stuff. Now you're pretty much, you're hyping the guy that just can't get over, right? you know? Um, I hope he goes back to that one day, you know? But we still got a couple guys out there who are true still holding on to that. Yeah. Like, um, when Dewey's out there doing his thing. Yeah, you're right. Do the do, man. Yeah, he's yeah. out there and he's pushing it and pushing right. it. Um, one guy that we all know personally, Lowey. Yes. Yeah. Lowey, yeah. when he's on point wrestling, yeah. ACPW, whatever whatever yeah. company he was working for. Even was CZW. CZW. Yeah. Lowey goes out there and he pushes his performance. Yeah. He goes... I am their manager, I am their mouthpiece, I am their father, I am everything. You go through me to get to them, yes. and I will, and that's his deal. Now, he, folks, and he has to owe him a shirt. Any of the people, right? Now you're watching, call me, I, I'll get you. Any of the people that we're talking about, by the way, because a, a lot of the guys we're talking about are on the indie circuit, and a lot of these Philadelphia based and stuff like that. If you go on thatwaycoolwrestlingshow.com, we do have a section where we're showing videos and stuff like that. A lot of those videos are going to be up there, so you can actually see who we're talking about. Uh, I'm going to make sure of that as well because these guys are unsung heroes that, that are Absolutely. not really being seen. Mark, let me go to you with some final thoughts sure. uh, on this. Uh, I'll make three quick points. Number one, um, it was said on a recent WWE Did you say documentary. It's not three, but go ahead, Mark. I, I have three final thoughts. Um, <laughs> uh, Hawk and Animal admitted on a uh, WWE documentary that Paul Ellering was more than some manager. He really managed their scheduling of, of rental cars, airfare. So Paul Ellering was a very big manager and a big influence on the Road Warriors. Uh, Harley Race, what made him great with me, was his history with Flair. So when Vader and Flair had a program, you had that Flair Harley. You know, we weren't we one were, more time, right? right one more yeah. time in a different role. And number three, we did this whole show without mentioning one time the best manager in ECW history, Sign Guy Dudley. Well, Graham, we're here to you. <laughs> Somebody trying to get a booking around here. Somebody trying to get a booking around here. A booking or a phone book? Because one of us is. I got no problem with Sign Guy Dudley. He was a great guy. Yes, he was. Um, we're just joking. Um, you got Hat Guy who's out there doing it now. He's out there yeah, he's with his young guys trying to put him through and help yeah. him grow. Uh, I, I can't specifically name anybody in a final thought because I got a bunch of guys on my mind yeah. that I think that are still holding true 
to our business and this tradition that helps them get the guys over. All I can do is say, I salute you if you're out there doing what you're supposed to do and helping the business stay a great place to be. Right. Uh, Charles? I think my final thoughts on that, like, I don't agree with LeGrand. There's a lot of guys out there. Um, we always say a wrestling family. Um, stay true to that. And the guys that are out there helping these guys, especially the veterans. Like, a lot of these guys now, they just don't understand what they're learning. You as a manager, you can talk to them and teach them. Um, try to help them move along. Sooner or later, they're going to act like they don't need you, but you know how that's just a business. So, I mean, just everyone out there who watches, all the guys in the ring, managers, wrestlers, valets, whatever you want to do, just do what we do because we love to do it. That's all to it. We just love to do it. And I'll, my final thought, which I, I think is very poignant, is we have discussed many times where we said the problem with today's product is that it's still in development. Yes. We're seeing a lot more of the rookie side of the people here. We're not seeing that everybody has been doing this for years, like it used to be back in the day. And as I say, if there was ever a time when a manager was needed, it would be now, because I think half the problem that we see now are guys that really need a manager, that are trying to project themselves on their own based on the persona they have, and that manager would be so crucial in this point to put them over, and I think we would see a change in the product. Yeah, so Roman Reigns, if you're watching, you need a manager. Perhaps somebody. Uh, My contact information is now. He got a lot of great people in his family that he can lay a phone call to that the door is still open for, that one, we as being who we are, we would like to see it because we would love to see them again. Right. And two, a lot of these younger kids need to see some of this wrestling history. I personally would love to see, and it's for another show, but I would love to see a Samoan faction come back. Hmm? With some, some sort of a dynasty type of scenario, but with all the Samoans. Bring off in there, do something. I don't know if they're ever going to do it, but I feel like seventy years old. You can't come do that. We don't have. They had Freddie Blassie out there with a wheelchair. And you know, we didn't even mention that. Freddie Blassie. Oh my gosh. Love you, Freddie. Yes, love you. Great. Yeah, the Lord. Love him. Love him to death. Listen, guys, we gotta go. Once again, check us out on Facebook. That way, cool wrestling show. That way, cool wrestling show. dot com. We'll get all those videos up there. Until next time, for Charles, for Grant, and Mark, Money and Danny J, we'll see you after that. Goodbye, everybody.